Hey everyone, good to be back with you. Today we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, an awesome chapter. And we are going to be looking at the five stingers of death. That's right. Have you ever been bitten by an insect? I bet you have. Most people have. I asked this question in a Sunday school class to some kids and they even um, said that they've been bitten by their brothers and sisters and dogs. So that is uh, probably pretty normal in most families. But today we're talking about insect bites somewhat. And uh, that's the analogy we're going to be comparing some things to. So we sometimes get stung by uh, what flies, ticks, chiggers. Here in Oklahoma, there's black widows and my uh, nephew was bitten by a brown recluse, I think a couple times. And uh, one of the times it really rotted out his skin and it healed back. But that's really dangerous. Um, and growing up in Texas, my mother was bitten twice by a scorpion. My sister also, she had these go-go boots, all right? They were real popular in the 60s and 70s and she could hardly get those things on. She worked and struggled. Well, one of them had a scorpion in it. And yeah, she got it on and she took it off faster than I've ever seen her take off the boot before. But she wasn't too allergic. My mother actually was. It caused her problems for a while. But yeah, we get stung by many things in life, don't we? Worldwide, mosquitoes kill uh, over a million people every year. But today I want to talk about something else that stinks. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us about five deaths that are listed in the chapter. And they all sting. I don't want us to miss out on something else that goes along with these stings of death. And that is the resurrection. In all these cases, there's going to be a resurrection associated with the sting of death that we look at. So let's get right to it. The first death and resurrection is that of Jesus. And Paul begins telling us about this in verse 3 and 4. And this is the foundation of all the deaths that we're going to look at today. So um, here's what it says. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So Jesus died on the cross. He was paid the wages of our sin. And the things that led to and were associated with his death, they stung horribly. How? Well, the sting hurt him in many ways. Um, at the end of his life, of course, he was abandoned by so many his uh, disciples all left him. He was actually rejected by the whole world in some context. The world that he came in love to and that he um, wanted to offer forgiveness for. Uh, by them, he was whipped and spit on and a crown of thorns placed on his head. Uh, ridiculed, mocked, belittled, nails pounded in his hands and feet. He was crucified on a cross. Um, a spear was thrust in his side. So yes, death stung for Jesus. Although for him, it went much farther than a physical sting. 
from the cross, Jesus quoted a prophecy of David from Psalms 22. Uh, in Matthew 27, verse 26, about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so he said this even though he was God, right? God the Son, born of a virgin, who uh, through him the world was created. So we have a difficulty wrapping our minds around this, but it's uh, some way to think of it is God turned his face away from his only son uh, when he was being paid the wages for our sin on the cross because God cannot fellowship with sin. Isaiah 53 gives us some more insight into pondering this. It says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Okay, that's part of the sting of death that we talked about. And then it says, upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. So Jesus experienced the loss of peace, our loss of peace. So we had that conflict, that inner turmoil, that brokenness with the fellowship of God that we experienced before we came to Christ. He did this for us. He felt the sting of our spiritual death. And Paul in 2 Corinthians 5.21 even gives us more insight. He says, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So he was condemned for us. Uh, Romans chapter 8 says, starts off saying, we are not condemned if we're in Christ, if we walk not under the law of sin and death, but the law of the spirit of life. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So this death that stung so bad for Jesus, and which is the foundation of everything we're going to talk about today, it is also followed by resurrection. That's the cool thing. Because the text we just read, 1 Corinthians 15, 4, told us how Jesus was raised on the third day. And actually, that's what we're making a witness of when we are baptized, right? Jesus died, he was buried, he rose, and he worked and is working that work in us also. The gospel is applied to our life and internalized and it works out of our life on a daily basis. So the old man that we used to be, right? <laughs> he tries to live on in our life in a couple ways. And Paul talks about that. Uh, number one way would be um, when we do not do what we should. Number two way is when we do what we should not. So these are both related, of course. One is not being proactive. It's being filled with apathy about uh, moving forward for Christ. And the other is like um, wallowing in the same sins we treasured before we came to Christ. Paul says to die to both, walk in the power of Christ and his resurrection, and we will live victorious lives. Here's the first way Paul talks about this. Uh, he's talking about 
how he dies to the old self by facing hard things, okay? 1 Corinthians 15, 30. Why are we in danger every hour? I protest, brothers, by my pride in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die every day. Paul goes on to talk more about this kind of dying. Um, we just read how he always seems to be in some kind of danger every hour. Of course, that's true. Remember, he was shipwrecked for the sake of the gospel. What else? He was uh, beat with rods, whipped, left for dead, uh, in prison. I think he was in custody in prison or jail or whatever for um, more than five years, maybe much more. And Paul was willing to face the hard things, right? That meant he had to die to the desires of the body. His body did not want to uh, get beat with rods, I'm sure, right? He could have ran away from the hard things like, well, Jonah did that at first, at least. But Paul killed that, that impulse to run away. He kept doing the hard things and he kept sharing the, the greatest treasure in the universe. That's Jesus. Here's the way he put it in Acts 20. And now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So the sting of this, this daily dying to self was the only thing that he knew for sure was going to happen as he shared the good news of Jesus, right, in his body. So there's a lot of other places in the New Testament that Paul says how believers' life can be hard. Joyful, yes. Uh, peaceful, yes. But also hard. And uh, he even talks about consistent Bible study and prayer and how that can be hard for a believer in the broken world with uh, all the distractions of the world all around us. In 1 Timothy 4, 7, Paul says to train yourself for godliness. That implies that there has to be some kind of uh, intentionality uh, of our life instead of just laying back and let whatever happen happens in our life. Uh, but we need to be intentional for godliness. And then a few verses later, verse 10, he says, For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God. So these words, <laughs> train and toil and strive, these are not words associated with um, indifference or a, a lack of enthusiasm, are they? No. These are words that invoke hard labor, uh, work infused though with passion, right? In Philippians 3.12, Paul uses the words, I press on. Pressing is hard. And then the next verse, he says how he strains forward as he's going towards the prize. So this is our life as believers in a broken world, but we are able to do it with joy. It's awesome, right? In 2 Corinthians 
uh, 4, Paul says how uh, they were afflicted in every way, okay? Perplexed, persecuted, struck down. And then let's see to verse tw- uh, 10, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So so all these things, right? Along with uh, straining, striving, pressing, what, uh, toiling, training, worth it? Yes, it's worth it. And the point is, um, not only did Paul die daily, but he, he rose from the dead daily as well. Because the, the power of the resurrection was at work in his life. And so he had victory in sharing the gospel. That was his mission in Christ. His old mission was to exalt himself and glorify himself. Uh, and his new mission was to glorify God and put the spotlight on him. It's the same for us as well. So, yeah, in this like second type of dime we're talking about today, uh, we're, we die to our own tendencies to take the easy way out. Um, we don't listen to the signals of our body uh, that says, hey, stay home, stay on the couch, you know, or stay in bed. But even as believers, when we get out of bed, yeah, my body says stay there, but not like the world. We say, okay, I'm going to get out of bed today and trust God that he will be glorified in my life. I'm going to walk in his strength, in the power of the resurrection. So that's the difference uh, between us and, and the world who gets out of bed and faces hard things for their own glory, right? All right, so we do all this with the power that's given to believers. It's the same power that raised Jesus up from the grave. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. That's death, right? It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So that's the power of the resurrection at work in us. Paul, his desire for himself in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 was, quote, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. So we see the power of the resurrection along with daily dying to the old man. Death and resurrection number three, are, I'll be brief with this one. It is not only that we die to our body's desire to stay in our comfort zone, but also to die to doing wrong, to die to sin, to, to quit loving sin and loving the fellowship of sinful people uh, about sinful things. Die to your old ways, uh, those ways that you walked in before you came to Jesus. Quit seeking out sin. Here's the way he says it in our text, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 34. Wake up from your drunken stupor 
as is right, and do not go on sinning, for some have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. So die to your desires of sin. In both of these kinds of dying, we receive amazing victory because the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is at work in us. Paul's prayer for the Ephesians was that they might know, um, verse 19, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So God wants us to walk in confidence and victory in this broken world. And that's a picture that we portray. That's our witness when we are baptized, right? Buried in Christ, raised to walk in new life. All right, uh, death and resurrection number four is our own physical body's death, right? We all die. The exception would be if we're caught up with Christ at his return. But here's a question for you. Does it hurt? Does death hurt? Does it sting? I think it does in many ways. Uh, the thought of dying can like prick our heart, even if we are a believer, because it's something new. Uh, even though God has made many promises, there's still some unknown, and we've never faced it. Um, what else? The idea of leaving our loved ones, that can sting, right? For most of us, the time leading up to death stings more and more as it approaches, right? Arthritis increases, um, various weaknesses, more doctor visits, eyesight, hearing, bones becoming, you know, less dense and uh, more susceptible to breaking. All this entropy, all this brokenness, it's leading up to the final fatal sting of death. And the thing is, for most of us, even that's going to include some kind of suffering. Um, some kind of sting will be involved. But again, the amazing thing is that because of Jesus' death and resurrection, all who delight in him will be raised from the grave. Resurrection power. They raised Jesus, will raise us up. So just moving forward, Paul talks about the time of Christ's return. 1 Corinthians 15, 52, we'll start there. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable. And we shall be changed, for this perishable body must put on imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, it shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? So indulge with me for just a moment. Remember, we began talking about insects and their stingers and how it hurts. And we've also talked about how the sting of death is swallowed up for the believer. Now, interestingly, the average person 
actually swallows about two pounds of insects every year. That's crazy, right? And actually some we swallow in our sleep, but most come through the foods we eat, canned foods, um, vegetables, uh, tomatoes, candies have a lot of, of insects in them. Wheat and grain have a lot of insects. We don't notice them, they've been ground up. Some are in their larvae states. Some likely have the stingers right on them. And we swallow them right up. They're gone. But the point is this. On that day when Christ comes back, we will see the biggest sting of all swallowed up in victory. No more to be seen forever. No more uh, of the things that are associated with death and the brokenness that leads to death. No more pain, no more tears, no more sickness, and no more sin at work in our minds and in our hearts. And that will be at the last day when Christ raises those up who have died in Christ and then raises everyone to meet him in the air, all those who know him. 2 Corinthians 4.14 says, Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. So that's death and resurrection number four for the believer. And in closing, we'll look at death and resurrection number five. This is more of a sad thing. Um, verse 56 in our passage, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. So early on, I think we talked about the law of sin and death. It's mentioned in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, and the law of the spirit of life. So, um, and also we talked about Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So if we have to pay the wages of our own sin, it will include being separated from God in hell forever and ever and ever. If you don't know Christ today, you will rise from the grave. Acts 24, 15 says, there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. But for those who, who are not justified by the righteousness of Jesus, who lived a perfect life and was paid the wages of our sin and rose from the grave and gives us the power of resurrection in our life and will raise us up incorruptible to be with Christ. For those who don't have that, who abide under the law of sin and death, the sting of death will not be swallowed up in victory. The sting will remain forever. In closing, let me just do a really quick recap. Um, the first kind of death and resurrection was Jesus's. Remember, he, he died, he was buried, he was raised on the third day. This is the gospel, and we learn more and more about it, rejoice more and more in it uh, as a believer all our life long. Number two, uh, the kind of death we talked about was for the believer doing hard things for Christ. It does hurt, right? The stones hurt Paul, when, but he, he got back up, right? 
and he lived the victorious life. That was the resurrection uh, while we're in this broken body. That type of thinking about death and resurrection in the body, dying to self. Number three was dying to the pools of sin. It can even hurt um, because these are the things we become uh, accustomed to. It's our comfort zone from who we used to be. But we die to the old man. And by the same power that raised Jesus from the grave, we overcome sin. That was the, the, the third type of death we look, and resurrection we talked about. Finally, uh, physical death, okay? Can that hurt? Yes, we talked about that. But we will be raised up incorruptible in Christ. And while all things associated with the brokenness, uh, the leading up to death, which actually begins in some context when we're born, um, we can have joy. You know, so many gifts of the Holy Spirit at work in our life that is a down payment of those things to come. So, and there will be a resurrection with that. So number five, if, for those who do not delight in Jesus, they will be raised, yes, but not with incorruptible bodies, but with the sting of death connected to them forever. So I want to close with the passage from Romans 8, and then I'll pray. Beginning with verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for sending your only begotten Son to this earth as a man, this broken world, Father, um, to live the perfect life that Adam and Eve and all their descendants did not live, um, and that he might give his righteousness to those who believe. Thank you that he was paid the wages of our sin by dying on the cross so that all those who believe do not have to pay those wages and experience the, the sting of death forever. Thank you that Jesus rose up and defeated death and the power of the law, that he might give us that same power over sin as we live our lives in this broken world. And thank you that because Jesus rose from the grave, the same power that raised him will raise us incorruptible to be with him forever and ever. Thank you for the joy that comes with Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to share your glory with others today and rejoice in you. In Jesus' name, amen.